I'll tell you, I, the last couple weeks, my phone has lit up on questions on what do you think about going on Israel. My answer is, I don't know. <laughs> There's some wars that are predicted in the Word of God concerning Israel. I don't know about this, but I'll tell you this one thing. It don't make any difference what's going on over there. We need to be ready here. In an hour that you think not, the Son of Man is coming. I told Brother J.R. today, I don't know why people have so many questions concerning that other than the fact that they may not be ready and want to know how much time they've got to get ready. I don't know, but Jesus is coming. He's coming just like the Word of God said he was going to do. In Psalms chapter 119 and verse 11, he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. You understand, that will only work when you make the word of God the authority of your life. That's the only way that works. What does it mean to make the word of God the authority of your life? You're saying, God, I'm going to live by it, and I'm going to die by it. I'm not moving, I'm not being swayed. This is the Word of God. That Bible is not trying to be the Word of God. It is the Word of God. Brother J.R., I've been preaching 54 years. I started preaching when the Statue of Liberty was just a little girl. I mean, I've been preaching a long, long, long time. But I have never seen in my lifetime of preaching so many people trying to find a wrong or something that is out of line in the Word of God. I've never, I, it's, it's just an ongoing thing of people trying to find something wrong with the Scripture somewhere. And I will assure you this, if you found a blitch, I'll bet you this is something you don't understand because the Word of God interprets itself. Scripture interprets Scripture. And I'll assure you, when you get the light on it, it will make sense. And it'll tell you exactly what you need to know. It's so good to be here tonight and be with you good folks. And I love your worship, your time of just lifting up the Lord. It just sounds like some folks who spent some time in prayer getting ready for to worship the Lord. And prayer's the key. Prayer is the key. Now, Got me a new new bird back there. Brother Luke's going to help us out tonight. Luke, I've made me a list of scriptures to give you, but we'll see if I stay with them tonight. All right, if you have your Bibles and like to read with me, turn with me to the book of Luke, St. Luke chapter 10. I want to read verse 18 and verse 19 in your hearing tonight. Now, let me set this up before I read this tonight. This is the time that Jesus had sent 70 disciples out. And they had been out for a season. Now they have come back. And their testimony to the Lord is, in verse 17, even devils are subject unto us by your name. I mean, they are excited because of that. And one writer, when he writes about the 70 coming in, he says that Jesus said to them, don't rejoice because devils are subject unto you. That's just part of the curriculum. That's just part of the program. But rather rejoice because your name is written in the book of life. Wow. Well, we want to read verse 18 and 19 tonight. Would you honor the reading of the scriptures we read to you? Luke 10 
verse 18 and verse number 19 in your hearing tonight. Now, Jesus, keep in mind, he's speaking to the 70 here. He said, and I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let me read verse 19 again. Behold, I give you power to tread on. The word tread on means to walk on top of. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, which is demons and devils, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let us pray. Father, I pray you would add your blessing to this message tonight. God, we feel tonight that we're following the leading of your spirit in this service. I pray that you'd bless this message to hearts and life. I pray for spirit of encouragement to hit this building tonight. For those that are just listening, God, I pray that you'd touch them with an encouraging power that only you can encourage with tonight. Help us to be inspired by the things of God. But Lord, more than anything, open our eyes and let us see who we are in Christ Jesus. Bless, I pray in Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord. Praise God, praise God. You may be seated tonight. I found something many, many years ago that I have tried and used for years, and that is this. The greatest way that I can encourage you, the greatest way that I can give you an uplift and encourage you is to inspire you with the Word of God. That's the greatest way. I can come over to Brother J.R. and I can pat him on the back and I say, hey, ma'am, you're doing a good job. And there's just instant gratification with that. But when I walk away, thoughts fill his mind. Well, I appreciate what Brother Dean said, but he don't have a clue what I'm going through. He doesn't know what I'm facing today. He doesn't know what I faced last week or yesterday. But if I can inspire you with the Word of God, that goes beyond me. That is God's blessing. The, the inspiration of the Scripture will stick to your ribs. I mean, it'll stick to you. It will cause you to be inspired in a way that won't leave you in 10 or 15 minutes. It'll be with you tonight, tomorrow, next week, next month, and next year because it is the infallible truth of the Word of God. Now, I want you to keep your Bibles handy tonight because we're going to get a little deep in some areas tonight, and I want to prove it all by the Scripture. So you hang with me as we go through this tonight. I want you to understand that you are as important to God as God is to you. You understand that? Now, don't get me wrong. God can make it without me. God can make it without you. I can't make it without God. But we are very important to the Lord. We're important to him in ways that you and I are eternally 
important to him. Boy, that goes deep. So you hang with me tonight. Look back, if you will, in Luke 10 and verse number 18. When Jesus said, I beheld, or I saw, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now that that's pretty fast. That is real fast. Lightning, if you don't have a camera ready when it happens, you're not going to take a picture of lightning. You can't say there's lightning, hand me that camera. It's over in just a flash of time. But Jesus made a statement that Lucifer was cast out of heaven. Let me ask for a show of hands tonight. How many here in this building understand and know that Lucifer hasn't always been a devil? How many know that? I want to see your hand tonight. See how far I need to go in this. All right. Well, we can skip some of this tonight and, and just un- let you understand the, 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 the high points of what God has in store for us. Lucifer was a created being. He was a mighty angel that God had created. Let me tell you something. He is not omnipresent. Lucifer cannot be everywhere at the same time. He can only be one place at one time. Understand that. He is a created being, but he was given a lot of authority. I had a guy to leave me a note on my tape table a few years ago, and he said, Lucifer is a big zero. He don't have any power. And I stood there and read that, and I thought, man, I wish I knew who you was that left this on my table because I could enlighten you on a few things. If you've ever cast a demon out of anybody, you understand there's some power there. There's some evil authority there that you and I have to conquer and we have to overcome that in order to win the victory for someone. Let me me make a statement here because I want you to understand this. You can't cast a devil out of somebody that don't want it out. You, now keep that in mind. I don't care who you are. God didn't give us power to run around zapping people. Well, I got power of God and you made me mad. So zip, I'm gonna zap you right there. That's not how this works. It works under the authority of the Lord. But Lucifer was a created being. And one, well, let's read it. Luke, will you go with me to Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 14, let's start in verse 12. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12. Now, this is Isaiah's rendition of Lucifer being cast out of heaven. Understand that. Isaiah chapter 14 beginning in verse 12. He said, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now watch this. Understand what this scripture said. Jesus said, I saw Lucifer or Satan fall from heaven. Isaiah is making the same statement. He said, how art thou fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken nations? Now, before I read verse number 13, let me give you some information on verse number 12. The name Lucifer in the Hebrew language means bearer of light, bearer of light, which means carrying a light, bearer of light. Now watch this, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, bearer of light. How art thou cast down to the ground, you weakened nation. Look at verse 13, Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 13. For you've said in your heart, 
I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll set also upon the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. Look at verse 14. Here's where his downfall come in. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. Let me explain this to you. One day, Lucifer craved worship so much that he tried to exalt his throne above the stars of God. Now, stars are, are, are reported in the scripture as angels. It's not the little twinkling things up there in the sky. Stars are angels. Lucifer said one day, I'm gonna exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'm gonna be like the most high. What's he said? I'm a created being. Evidently, he did, that didn't soak in on him. I don't know what happened there, but he decided he would overthrow God in the process and he's gonna take the worship that God had. And keep in mind, this whole thing is about worship. Now look, when you go to Ezekiel chapter 28, let me read Ezekiel's rendition on this. Chapter 28 of the book of Ezekiel, beginning in verse number 14. Now this is Ezekiel writing his part in interpretation of Lucifer being cast out of heaven. In Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse number 14, he said, thou art the anointed cherubim. Watch this, he was a mighty angel. He was a very powerful angel. We'll show you this in a moment of time. He said, thou art the, the uh, anointed cherubim, which means he carried the power and the blessing of God. Thou art the anointed cherubim that covereth. I've set thee soldier in the holy mountain of God, walked up and down midst of the, uh, midst of the stones of fire. He said in verse 15, thou was perfect in all the ways from the day thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Hang on now. What is the iniquity? Iniquity just showed up in him. Why? because angels have a will. You understand that? They have a will. He said, you're perfect in all the ways from the day you was created till iniquity was found in you. What was that iniquity? It's explained in verse 17. Luke, skip down to verse number 17. Look at verse number 17. He said, thy heart was lifted up because of what? Because of your beauty. And your wisdom was corrupted by the reason of your brightness. And I'll cast thee to the ground. I'll lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. What are you saying? What caused Lucifer to fall was pride. Pride is what caused him to fall. That also answers the question as to why God hates pride because it's the first thing that happened in the structure of heaven that caused a fall. Now, I'm gonna take a little detour here and explain something tonight because I get this question a lot. Well, preacher, if it happened one time, what is there to keep it from happening again? When we all get into heaven and we're there through eternity, what if somebody decides, I'd like to have the worship from God and they just decide to take over? Let me show you why that won't happen. Lucifer was created in righteousness and he failed to sin. 
You and I are born in sin and raised to righteousness. And through eternity, we will never forget the penalties of sin. We'll never forget what sin can do to mankind and what sin can do to the race of people. So there ain't going to be another fall when we all get in to the great presence of God. But let's watch this unfold tonight. Understand where I'm at. I'm about to give you a scripture here, Luke, and I did give you this. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter number 12. And look at this. Now, Revelation chapter 12 has history and future in it. It does. I heard a preacher preach another day, and he was preaching on this, and, and I told him, I said, uh, that's not right. You're just missing the whole mark. And, of course, it was on the radio, and he didn't hear me, So, I, but I told him anyway, and I felt good about it when I told him. And, and because he was preaching, this is all in the future. But it's not in the future. There's some of this that are in the past. Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 4. And look what he said. He said, his tail, when he was cast out of heaven, his tail drew one-third of the stars with him. Wow and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before what? Before the woman which was ready to be delivered. Now this was uh, when he was talking about Jesus being born. But Lucifer was cast out of heaven and he came down to earth. But when he was cast out of heaven, he took one third of the angelic host with him. He took a third of the angels. Uh, Luke, uh, go across the page there to verse nine. <laughs> I don't know if there's a page on his computer back there or not, but it's in my Bible. On the other side of the page, verse number nine. Now watch this. In Revelation 12 and verse nine. I want to clarify this as we go because it said his tail drew one third of the stars. I want you to see what the stars are. It wasn't he took half of the heavens with him or third part of the heavens with him. Verse number nine gives us some insight here. He said, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent, the devil, which you say, boy, he don't leave no, no, no uh, place there for doubt, does he? He is idealizing and, and put in which deceived the world, cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse four said, he took one third of the angelic host of heaven with him. Now, if he took one third, it takes three thirds to make a whole. Now look, put up verse number seven. Look at verse number seven and watch what happens here. In verse number seven, the Bible said, there was war in heaven. And he said, Michael and his angels, look at this, Michael and his angels fought the dragon and the dragon fought and his angel. Well, you got two archangels here that are named by name. The Bible said Lucifer's an archangel. He was over one third of the angels in heaven. But this scripture said Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. Wow, they fought, they fought. Well, you say, there's three archangels that's mentioned in the word of God. There's Michael, Gabriel, 
and Lucifer. Well, there's three parts to a whole. This scripture said, Lucifer and his angels fought with Michael and his angels. There's two thirds right there, two thirds of the angels. Each angel, each archangel was over one third of the angelic host of heaven. Now I'm gonna give you what I'm fixing to go to and prove it tonight by the scripture. Each archangel led one third of their angels as a tribute of praise to the triune Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Each one of them took one third of their angelic host as a praise team to, the, to one part of the Trinity. Michael is referred to as being the angel of God. He is referred to that many times. Well, let's do that here tonight. Uh, you know, I just dread going to this one because I'm gonna feel some of you tighten up like a gourd in a chicken pen. I understand that. But you're gonna tighten up whenever I make this statement, but hang with me. Uh, uh, look where you go to Daniel, Daniel chapter three and verse number 28. There are three Hebrew children that was cast into a furnace one time, and the Bible said the intent of the heat kill the men that cast them into the furnace. But after a while, Nebuchadnezzar went over there and through a porthole, he looked in the furnace and he saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and a fourth man in the fire. The fourth man was in the fire and he said, the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Oh, watch this now. Now then, everybody says, oh, that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Can I tell you, Jesus didn't become the Son of God until he was born of a virgin birth. You understand that? Oh, uh, Luke, just stay right there, but I'm tell them where this is at. Watch this. John chapter 3, verse number 16. John 3, 16. See, you understand it better. When you string it out, people say, wonder where he's going with that. John chapter 3, verse 16. But when you say, John 3, 16, boy, we own that. We're on that real heavy right there. Watch this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus did not become the Son of God until he was born of a virgin birth. He was an equal with God. Well, keep that thought. I'll show you that in the Word of God. But let, let me deal with this. Verse number 28. After they, I'm in Daniel 3 and 28. Look at this. Uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. Luke, will you go down just one right there just in a moment of time. He drew out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when he did, there wasn't even a smell of smoke on him. That's what verse 27 said. But then Nebuchadnezzar said, Bless be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, watch this, who has sent his angel. Oh, get down, look at that. Who has sent his angel and delivered his servant. His angel. Uh, look while we're in Daniel, let's just preach on Daniel a while. Skip over to chapter six and verse 22. Go to Daniel chapter six, verse 22. Daniel is cast into a lion's den. King Darius has been 
uh, uh, tricked into making a law that he wished he had not made. And Daniel wound up in a lion's den. And so Darius couldn't sleep all night long. And he went down to the, to the lion's den the next morning. And he hollered down there and said, Daniel, I don't know what he was expecting. But Daniel raised up in the middle of the lions. And above their growling and roaring, he said, King, live forever. Look what he said. My God has sent his angel. Wow. His own personal angel. And have shut the lion's mouth. They haven't touched me. They haven't, oh, you know why? There is a personal angel that God's got. Watch this. And God said before Daniel went in the lion's den, Michael, you get down there and make sure them lions understand that if they touch my man, I'll make a rug out of them by morning. You understand that? And so get, so uh, here come Michael down there and he shut the lion's mouth and Daniel said, my God has sent his angel. Well, let's put a little more word on this. Go to chapter 10, Luke. Chapter 10 of the book of Daniel, verse 13. <laughs> let's just wear Daniel out while we're here, all right? Daniel chapter 10 and verse number 13. Look at this. This is when Daniel had been praying for 21 days straight in a row and did not have an answer. Finally, Gabriel appeared there and look what he said. He said, we run into problem up there just past the Big Dipper. Now that's Arkansas talking for you there. You won't find that in the King James Version. But he said, we run into problems up there. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief prince. Oh, did you catch that? He's an exalted angel that has a command over one third of the angels in heaven. Now let's talk about Lucifer for a moment of time. He was cast out of heaven. His name means bearer of light. Have you ever wondered why Jesus was picked from the Trinity to come to this earth and save mankind because Lucifer was the angel that led one third of his angels as a praise team to Jesus Christ. And when he was kicked out of heaven, Jesus lost his praise team. But he said, I'll go to earth and I'll build me a body. I'll build me a church without spot, without blemish and without wrinkle. It'll be a number that no man could number. I will redeem them. They will worship me. They will lift me up. Do you realize we take the place of the fallen angels that was cast out of heaven? Let me put a little word on this where you can follow me tonight. You understand Jesus? Oh, 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 Luke, let's do this. Go to John, St. John chapter 8 and verse number 12. Watch this now. St. John chapter 8, verse 12. I'm getting a little out of line here. I know that Luke, but it'll just drop down a couple there. John chapter 8, verse number 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Oh, did you catch that? He that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. Where in the world did that come from? He is the light of the world. Let me show you that. Now, Luke, go to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 1. Read down a few verses of Scripture here. Follow me tonight. Understand what the Word is saying. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. He said, in the beginning, God 
created the heaven and the earth. Whoa, I like that. Have you ever noticed that the Bible starts out assuming you believe in God? He don't tell you where God come from, don't give you any his parents, his siblings, there's no cousins. It just said in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible starts out assuming you believe in God. Wow. It's the reason God's so harsh to those that don't. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Wow. Had a man tell me that one time. He said, preacher, I just hate to break this word to you. I don't believe there is a God. What do you think about that? I said, you're a fool. A flat out fool. Well, I, I outclass you in education. I said, then you're an educated fool. Because the Bible said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now watch this. I'm in Genesis 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Look at verse 2. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of water. Did you know the earth was already here? First day of creation, God didn't create earth. He said, let there be light. Watch this. The earth was already here. I'm going to show you this from the Word of God. He said, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. The evening and the morning were the first day. Luke, can, 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 are, are you set up there where you can just go on with six, seven, and eight while you're there? All right, put her up there, bud. Let's just read, read on down through verse number eight because I want you to see something here tonight. In verse number six, verse number six, I'm Genesis 1, and verse number six, day one, God said, let there be light. Now, this is day two. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst. Midst means middle of. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. God made the firmament. He divided the waters that were under the firmament from the waters that were above the firmament, and it was so. And look at verse 8. God called the firmament heaven, <laughs> and the evening and the morning were the second day. What's he saying? This earth on day one was covered with water from the surface of this earth all the way up through the galaxies. There was no sun there was no moon. There was dark. Oh, oh, go across the page there, Luke. Let's put up verse 16. Verse number 16. I'll save a little time here and not read all of that, but look in verse 16. Genesis 1, verse 16. God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, lesser light to rule the night. There's the sun and the moon. And he made stars also. Scoot down to verse 19, Luke. And he said in verse 19, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Look at this. Day one, God said, let there be light. But he never made a sun and moon to day four. Oh, oh, look at that. How powerful is that? Day one, God said, let there be light. But he never made a sun and moon to day number four. What are you saying? God stepped out on eternity when he wouldn't even want to stand on. <laughs> and he stood there and he said to this earth that was covered with water, from the surface of this earth up through the galaxies, there was no sun, there was no moon. And he said, let 
there be light. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And under all of that water, under all of that darkness, this earth began to illuminate with nothing more than the light of Christ. Are you following me tonight? It will begin to light up. Why? He is the light. He is the light. Day two, God built a heaven and put it in the middle of the waters and started dividing the waters under the heaven from the waters that were above the heaven. And it was so. Do you understand where I'm coming from tonight? Day one, God said, let there be light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Oh, son, I don't think I gave you this one at all, but can you find it? Well, I'm preaching a little bit. Find John, St. John chapter one. I'll pick up a few verses there. We'll just start in verse one and read down till we feel like we covered it, all right? St. John chapter one. Now, remember, we're talking about Genesis one now and the light that shined on this earth under all of that water. Look in St. John chapter one and verse one in the beginning that goes back to Genesis one in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things here's creation all things are made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him is life. Life is the light of man. Look at verse five. The light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Did you catch that right there? This earth had nothing but darkness. Oh, let me preach a little bit on that. Your loved ones that's lost in sin. They may be, they may be so eat up with drugs and alcohol. You can look them right in the eye and tell they ain't nobody at home. But there is a light that can shine in darkness. They're not too lost. They're not too foregone. They're not too unsaved. But there is a light that can shine in darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. That light is Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. But one day, Lucifer, who is a bearer of the light, led his one third of the angels in heaven as a praise team to Jesus Christ. How many times did they bow with their music and with their singing? and then they worshiped him. But one day he was cast out of heaven and Jesus said, that's fine. We're gonna build a human being on the earth and one day I'm gonna redeem me a church without spot, without blemish and without wrinkle. They'll be born in sin so that when I raise them to righteousness and bring them to my father's house, they will never fall again. I'm gonna build me a worship team. I'm gonna build me a church. I'm going to build the body of Christ. I'm going to have a team that will worship me through the ages of time and eternity. That's who we are. Whoa, you're important to him. You belong in this thing. Whoa. Luke, go to 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. He said this, now we are the body of Christ and members in particular. What does he mean? We belong to him. Wow, oh, I didn't give you this one, son. I'll preach till you find it, all right, because I want them to see this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. You got to see this. This just tells you in a nutshell what he's talking about here. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, well, look here. 
First, I'm trying to find it now. Hang on. I just told you where it was at, but he said we're the body of Christ members in particular, 1 Corinthians 6. All right. Yeah. But go to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. Look at this. He said this. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God. Watch this now. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify him. Well, glorify him in your spirit, in your body. We're his worship team, Brandon. You understand when you guys are up here worshiping, there's a cause for that. There is a reason for that. God made you so he can connect with you. God built you so he can connect with you as to who you are in Christ Jesus. All right, Luke, go with me to Psalms 100 and verse number four. Watch this now. Psalms 100 and verse number four. Here's what he said. He said, I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. I will be thankful unto him and bless his name. This verse of scripture has two kind of praise in it, a praise of thanksgiving and a praise of adoration. Look at it. He said, enter into his gates <laughs> with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. I want to show you how you made in a moment of time how God put you together so you can connect with him. Now go to Psalms 150. Psalms 150. I'm just going to read verse 1 and 2 there. In that chapter, in Psalms 150, look what he said in verse 1. Remember, we're talking about a praise team here. Here's what we do. There's two kinds of praise. There's a praise of thanksgiving. There is a praise of adoration. Psalms 150 and verse 9 Number one, he said, praise ye the Lord. Praise him where? In his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Oh, look at that. Two kinds of praise. He said, go back to verse one there, Luke. He said, praise God. Praise him where? In the sanctuary. You know what a sanctuary? It's a safe place. Individually, we are a temple of the Holy Ghost. But when you get a bunch of temples together, you got a sanctuary. You understand that? You got a sanctuary. We come together to worship him. We come together to praise him. We come together to adore him. He said, worship him in his sanctuary. Then he said, praise him in the firmament of his power. What's the firmament? That's stuff outside. That's the firmament outside. What's he saying? Praise him when you go to the house of God, but get enough of it to take it home with you. Take it on the job tomorrow. Let your family know who you are in Christ Jesus. Then verse number two said, praise him for his mighty acts. <laughs> oh, what's his mighty acts? When he done some good for you. Then he said, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Now, before I explain this, let me show you something tonight. There's three ingredients for worship service. It takes prayer, praise, and the word of God. Why? Because prayer is what gets you to God. 
But praise is what gets God inside of you. And the word of God is what gives us a knowledge about God. It takes praise to get God inside of you. Now let's look at verse two. Praise him for his mighty acts. What's his mighty acts about? When the kids are doing good. Whenever you got a good report from the doctor. When, when, when gas dropped a dollar a gallon. Man, I'm telling you, I'm, you're doing real good now. His mighty acts when you're sick and he heals you. Whenever, whenever you got a raise on the job. Boy, you come to church walking on cloud 19 at that point. Brother J.R. said, let's worship him. You're the first one on your feet. But what happens when you come to church and your kids are fighting like a sack full of cats? You gotta have three thanksgivings just to get by there because kids can't get along. You just come from the doctor and he said, we gotta do more tests. We found something. Are you being demoted at your job or you gotta notice they're gonna move your job to China in a few weeks of time and you come to church and Brother J.R. said, let's worship the Lord and you're sitting there saying, what I got to worship him for. Remember, it still takes a praise to get God inside of you. One is a praise of thanksgiving, but the other is a praise of adoration. What is a praise of adoration? It's not thanking him for what he's done. It's thanking him for who he is. It goes something like this. You're the lily of my valley. You're the bright and the morning star. You're the alpha and omega. You're the first and the last. You're my soon coming king. You're my savior. You're my Lord. You're my redeemer. In you I will trust. In you I will put my confidence. You're God to me. Nothing matters. You're my shelter in time of storm. You're the lily of my valley. You're everything to me. It takes a praise to get God inside of you. And God knew there would be times when things are not going to go well. He knew there would be times when things are not going to go right, but it still takes a praise. And when you start praising God, he just moves in and sets up housekeeping and things start getting smoother at that point when God moves in. Glory, glory, glory. Wow. We're his praise team. He honors that. Luca didn't give you this in, buddy. But will you go to Psalms 22 and verse 3? I want you to see this. I'm, a, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. I'm giving it to you straight from the Word of God. That's just how it is. I want you to know who you are. Psalms 22, verse number 3. He said this, Thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. The word inhabit means to take up residence. What's he saying? When you start praising God, God just moves in and sets up housekeeping. <laughs> it makes a difference. I have praised my way out of sickness into healing. I have praised my way out of debt into liberty. When you start praising God, things just happen. Wow. Why? Because God made you so he can connect with you. Luke, here goes another one, buddy. I told you I'd do my best. No, I didn't give it to you. Hang with me, bud. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let me look here a minute. Uh, verse uh, 28. 
23. Verse 23. I'll preach a little bit where you find that, buddy. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. This is how God made you, how God put you together. Now watch this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 23. He said, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y. That means completely. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every person in here is made in three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Two parts of you is eternal. Only one part of you is natural. That's your body. That's what your natural parents gave you. Now then, Luke, here's another one, buddy. Go, go if you will, to 1 Corinthians 2. I'll make it a little easy on you here. Let's, uh, let's just read verse 11 and 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Now, remember, we're made spirit, soul, and body. Now watch this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 and verse number 12. Now you can tell I didn't plan this tonight. All right, I had it down on that card there that I gave Luke back there. But Luke, you're doing good. You're doing real good. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11, he said, For what man knows, knoweth, King James knoweth, know, that's your intellect, knowing, for what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we've not received the spirit of the world but the spirit which is God that we might know the things freely given to us of God. Your spirit houses your intellect, your knowing. Why? Why is that? Well, Luke, let me preach a little bit. You find this in John 4 and 24. St. John, St. John, chapter 4, verse 24. Look at this, remember? I just read what your spirit is, the spirit of man. What knows the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him? Look at John 4 and 24. He said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, you said God made you so he can connect with you. God is a spirit, and because he put a spirit in you, he connects spirit to spirit. All right, Luke, find this in Psalms 42, verse 5 and 6. Book of Psalms, chapter 42, verse number 5 and verse number 6. God made you so he can connect with you. He put a spirit inside of you. And when he put that spirit inside of you, because he is a spirit, that's how he connects with you. Oh, wow. Psalms 42, verse number five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Soul, look at this. Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Verse 6, O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, the Heromites, 
in the heel mizar. Your soul houses your emotions and your feelings. Now watch this. When you come to the house of God, and this great band up here goes to playing, and Brother Brandon and this praise team go to singing, you feel what they're singing. That music just kind of, now that's an old man shuffle there. You younger guys get this down. But we old men, we got to keep one foot on the floor and we just kind of go around. You feel what's going on. Then pastor gets up and he starts preaching the word that touches your knowing. Let me help you. Not every day I feel saved. I don't get up in the morning with chill bumps most morning. Oh, hallelujah to God, glory, glory, glory. I have to lift one hand and see if there's anything spiritual in the house. Ain't nothing going on. I don't feel nothing. But then my knowing takes over. I know in whom I have believed. I know that I have passed from death into life. I know my Redeemer lives. And it's not long till my knower starts touching my feeler and says, Mr. Feeler, you don't feel it, but I just know we're in the part of the worship team of Jesus Christ, and it's not long till my feeler starts feeling what my knower knows. <laughs> and when my feeler starts feeling what my knower knows, it addresses my body. Then I have a smile on my face. I can clap my hands to the music. I can worship. God made you so he can connect with you. And he designed a service so every part of it will minister to the whole person. Wow. It's who you are. When Jesus comes, I'm going to wind this down. Lord have mercy. I've got where I just preach an everlasting gospel. Luke, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. This is the scripture that depicts who's coming back after the church. Watch this. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. There's that archangel thing again. And the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet him where in the clouds and in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Wow. We're the worship team of Jesus Christ. Now Gabriel is a messenger angel. He takes his third to the Holy Spirit as a worship team. But Lucifer was cast out of heaven and he took Jesus' worship team with him. But Jesus came from heaven down to this earth in the form of man to birth him a worship team. 
that will worship him forever. Now, now you understand why he said, if you don't worship me, I'll call for the rocks. I'm gonna have a worship team, guys. I'll call for the rocks. Now, let me help you with something. When you come through those doors back there, it's not whether they're singing your song or not. It's not whether they're singing your style or not. It's the fact you just come to worship him. You just come to love him. Why? Because praise gets God in you. Will you bow your heads with me please tonight? We're his worship team. Man, I've got a lot of scripture there I didn't cover because I made too many detours. But I think I've made it clear enough and proved it by the word of God. Now listen to me tonight. I want to do something a little bit different in this service. How long has it been since you have just gathered before the Lord and said, Lord, I didn't come to ask you for anything tonight. I just come to worship you. I just come to praise you, Lord. Didn't come to ask you. We're so geared with needs Sometimes it's hard for us just to worship him because we'll drift off in our need list. But praise is what gets God in you. Prayer is what gets you to God, but praise is what gets God inside of you. And it's not whether something good's going on, it's just you come to worship him. I want to do something just a little bit different. How many here would just get out of your seat tonight and gather around the front of this building? And if you've got family here, a spouse or children or cousin, aunt, whoever, would you just get your family come to the front or the side aisle, but just gather and just worship him. While Brother Brandon prays tonight, or plays and sings, just get your family. Just come to lift up the Lord. Just come to lift up the Lord. About three or four weeks ago, I have a little granddaughter and she's five years old. We close revival in Poto, Oklahoma and come home and they go to Rushville First Assembly. My daughter and son-in-law are music directors there. I walked in the auditorium about 15 minutes before church started and my little granddaughter was clear across the building and she said, Papa! I said, Early! Everybody's looking at us, and she come running across the building, and I picked her up. She's five years old. And she said, Papa, I've been doing what you've been, what you always do. 
I said, what's that, daughter? And she said, before anybody got here tonight, I've been walking all over this building praying that God would move in this service tonight. I said, oh, baby, that's so precious. She said, Papa, I've seen you do that so much. And then she said, now I'm going to do what else you do. I said, what's that? She said, I'm going to shake hands with everybody here. And she said, Papa, you want to help me? I said, I'd love to, darling. She said, then you go that way and I'll go this way. That blessed me. I didn't even know she was watching. Our family needs to hear us praise our Lord. Our family needs to hear us glorify the name of the Lord. I want you to take your family by the hand, if you will, if you've got them there, just take your hand or wrap your arm around them, whatever. And I want you as a family tonight just to begin to praise Him. We're His worship team. Let's get it together down here. Let's get it together down here and just love Him. Just love him.